Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 178 of Game Time with Manny. As always, I'm here with Matt. Hello, hello. Uh, and we just went down a dark rabbit hole of looking at limited edition popcorn holders. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're they're out there if you need them. Like we saw a Fast and the Furious one for ten bucks. Saw another one hundred. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot out there. Uh, if you want like superhero heads that open up. This this started because I earlier saw the popcorn holder for the new Batman movie that is shaped like the cowl, but it's like weirdly like the mouth is open, like it's a BDSM mask, and uh, the stitching. That's it, all. The stitching is what makes it look like it's a BDSM. So it is like that in his costume too. I looked at an image. Okay. So in in Robert Pattinson's costume, I guess it looks like that. But it just like that is the worst popcorn vessel ever. And they do call it the popcorn vessel uh, because like you open up the top of the head and then there must be like a really tiny bucket in there because the popcorn in all their images does not go like down to the mouth. Also, it would just fall out. Right. So like it just seems like a lot of wasted space. Yeah. We're like we were looking at like buckets and like, yeah, yeah. would just be like filled to the brim with popcorn. Yeah, but like even the other head ones I saw of like Black Panther and Black Widow were like their mouths were there. So like the whole thing was used to be filled with popcorn. Mm -hmm. Whereas this one, they were like, no, penny pinch, get save all that money on the plastic and production, get them less popcorn for more money, get in there. Well, I have to imagine if you're spending that much, it must be free refills, right? God, I hope so. I don't know. It was a large. Usually for the large, they offer free refills. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, so. so I don't know if I talked to you about this. When I saw The Matrix with Scott, we saw it at Regal. And do you remember they used to have like the weird thing before all the movies where you're on like the roller coaster and then the popcorn piece blew up and it was like way louder than it ever should have been? The Regal is open? Yeah. I thought it closed. No, it's open. They were supposed to. I don't know what happened. Okay. But anyways, I the whole time I was thinking like, why do they have Pepsi products here? I swear to God they had Coke products before and they did. Yeah, yeah. Appar- apparently, like literally like right when everything closed for COVID, they switched to Pepsi. Oh, interesting. So I just like had not known that because I always thought it was weird that both AMC and Regal were Coke products. Uh, but now uh, Regal is Pepsi. Hmm. So that's that's I don't know. I learned this. It's very weird. Their cups are blue now. So I was just confused because everything they used to do was like everything was red. Yeah, I'm picturing because like back in the day, I mean, like when that Regal first opened, like that was the hot movie theater of the area. It was, yes, because that one had uh, stadium style seating. So you wouldn't get stuck behind a tall person and really have a fucked up viewing experience. And then AMC was like eventually they switched to like the like the, the couch like the living room seat whatever you want to call them yeah you can practically lay down and then like and then regal obviously copied that but regal seats aren't as comfortable from what i remember uh no they're not but i generally end up going there anyways because usually their theaters are bigger because they don't have the same style of seats also in theory you just like walk across the street that is true. Also, recently I've been going to there's another chain that we don't have here called the Movie Tavern okay. where like it's just like the seats like AMC, but there is like a button on there and you can order food. Oh, to your seat. Interesting. 
and so like they have like a bar and stuff that you can like order food from i don't know how it is i haven't gotten any but i did get the world's largest drink Hmm. on accident because i did not i i pictured a large being like moderately large it was the largest drink i had ever seen in my life like i've never seen a drink that yeah movie theater i mean it's like twenty dollars for the large but like it is it's like a two liter bottle it was like a two liter bottle minimum yes it was insane (laughs) and you're Uh, like i'm a piece of shit for ordering this much soda yeah no it, it that's crazy um but i mean that's all i got about movie theaters i'm moderately interested to see batman do you want to hear something crazy that happened to me this week sure what happened to you this week so you know how i let oliver out and then i just kind of walk away and then just kind of come back when he's done yeah uh so you know i let him out i go in the other Mm -hmm. room all of a sudden i hear this commotion i walk back into my living room and there's two dogs just running around my living room. And I'm just like, oh, hello. <laughs> he was having a great time with the whole thing. So that's excellent. So luckily the, the dog hat was like wearing like, um, uh, uh, what do you call? It's not a collar. It's like the whole vest thing that has like, a, oh, a harness. harness. Yeah. The harness had like a phone number on it. So I was able to like call the phone number and be like, "Hey, your dog's in my living room." <laughs> uh, then she was like, "I'll be right over." And then, like oddly enough, she was like twenty minutes later, and I thought that was very odd. Like that is very odd. It's like, like if you got a phone call that was like, "Hey, your dog Luna is in my living room," wouldn't you get over there as soon as quickly, like quickly as possible? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I just you did not come that night, I think, uh, because I think you were busy. But like right after Willie got Rex and Luna, uh, at least Scott, Nukio and Jumbo were here and Rex just like he somehow got out of his collar Mm. and just like was running around the neighborhood. (laughs) And I have never seen five people more furiously looking around a neighborhood for a dog in the pitch black. And then he just like ended up just like coming back. Mm. And being like, all right, I did my I did my deeds out there in the world. And I was like, oh, my God, you are the dumbest motherfucker. Uh, so, yeah, like I, I get that. Yeah, I would come right over. That's how, where was it? Do you know where they came from? I see. I think because she's come like when I was out walking, like she's like stopped me and been like, hey, have you seen my dog before? Yeah. And she like it seemed like she was like two or three houses down from me. Jesus. So it's just like, I guess she like figured the dog was safe or something. I don't know. Like I, I, to me, like if that was Oliver, I would be like, I don't care what I'm wearing. I'm just going to go get, get Oliver and just like, who cares? But I, it's weird because like, I feel like a lot of people have weird, like different feelings about their dogs than we do. Maybe. Like I would be, I would be concerned about their safety, but like the people around here would just like let their dogs off their leash and like, they would come in and like try to attack Luna mm-hmm. and shit. And it, they just like, don't give a shit. Right. It's like, what? Like what? <laughs> like your dog is the one getting fucked up. Trust me. Mm-mm. She is not pleased. So like, I don't know why you're just like standing there in your yard being like, Oh, dogs. Like, come on, man. What? Yeah. Cause like, she was not a huge fan of Oliver. No, she just doesn't like other dogs yeah. either. But like, and also, so then her and Rex are like double teaming some dog right. and you're like, all right, well, like you're right there, my man, uh-huh. like, come on. Uh-huh. 
and they're just like, oh yeah, that's great. And it's like, no, it isn't. Your dog is going to die. <laughs> like I <laughs> do not let your dog come up to random strangers like that. I don't, I don't know. Or just let them. But I, I, I just feel that way a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah I, I just thought the whole thing was odd, uh, but whatever, you know, no, the dog was very safe, you know, and ha- having a great time, you know, Oliver was too. No, yeah, there was once a dog came up to my back door, mm. like my uh, sliding glass door, and was just like, yo, time to eat, baby, <laughs> let me in. I was like, mm, you stay out there, bud. <laughs> and then we called the number and the same thing, the person like didn't seem to really give a shit. And I was just like, man, that's crazy. I don't, I would never be like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. well, that, that is fun. What kind of dog was it? It was a, like a German shepherd. It looked like a, Oh, that's so awesome. It looked like a, a younger dog, probably like one or two years old. <clears throat> nice. Nice. I like that. I'm sure Oliver had probably had a blast. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm talking about, yeah. yeah. The only dog that I've seen him have an issue with was Luna. Yeah, and she just doesn't like other dogs in general. Because, like, so. if you even remember your mom's dog, like, when, when we first got Oliver, like... your mom, Oh, yeah, like, Madison. Yeah, Madison would just, like, stand on Oliver's head and, like, growl, and Oliver was like, <laughs> tail wagging and having a great time with it, so... Yeah, so, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. That's fun. <clears throat> uh, yeah, so with that, I mean, we can get into the news. Uh, stuff happened this week, not a super amount but things happened oh uh, yeah uh, i did not see these first two. Oh really okay yeah uh, smash apparently will not be at evo because nintendo is gonna nintendo yeah it seems like nintendo's using the excuse that like it was run by a pedophile oh i wondered when that was gonna happen uh my guess is they want more control over like smash in general and they have no control over evo because doesn't like sony also have like a stake in it now they own it now. That's what I thought. So it just seems like Nintendo, they're using that as an excuse. But the reality is they just probably want more power. Yes, that is probably true. Uh, and I, uh, I'm just going to like, I'm going to like link this to you just because like you, this is an interesting read on the yeah. ne- our next one. It's the new Capcom's like uh, basically licensing structure oh, boy. Uh, for the FGC. The letter is written by uh, uh, David Graham, uh, a.k.a. Ultra David, who is, you know, he was a very prominent member of the the fighting game community, but also a lawyer in esports. So, like, he very much understands this licensing agreement. Uh, The big things, it seems like, is Capcom has put a cap on, like, payouts. Jesus. Uh, and they're like really low numbers. Like basically the lo- the highest like sponsorship prize pool is like 20,000. Hmm. Uh, individual events. It's basically like prize pool of like two to 5,000. Um, <clears throat> you can't sell any merchandise based on uh, Street Fighter V IP. Uh, you, they can't charge spectator fees to participate in the event or whatever. Uh, there's just like all these really weird rules that like the odd thing to me here is street fighter five and just capcom in general they don't have the sway that like street fighter four and like when it was ultimate marvel versus capcom you know yeah but i mean street fighter usually still is like the main game is it? Because, like, I thought for a while yeah. there it was, like, Tekken 
uh, <clears throat> like the last event was almost always like Tekken or uh, uh, Dragon Ball was for a little while there. Like the no, I'm pretty sure that Street Fighter Five is still now. But it's like it's one of those things where, like, I don't know. It's also one of those things that they can do this, they, right? They, like they they can do that. Yes, I mean, like, I they can do it. It's just very odd. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, like they own like anything like that is streamed, so they mm. uh, so basically they can like use any of that for for merchandising and stuff. Like, yes, like I'm not saying like they obviously do own all of this stuff. It just seemed and it's not uncommon mm-hmm. uh, for like other esports apparently because I don't really pay attention to other esports. But like a lot of the numbers just seem really low. Uh, but like I would recommend it just like linking this article and just like linking it to the podcast. And if like people are more interested in, in this, like, you know, he breaks it down in like basically like very layman terms, uh, just so like everyone can kind of understand. So. That's crazy. Like $20,000 is pretty low. Sponsorship is so low. It, it seems like I saw one person saying like, it seems like they don't, want to have it very high because they don't want like when it's their events they don't want to have a huge prize pool as well that's fair but like that's not a livable wage no at all like even if you combined the twenty thousand with the ten thousand like that is livable depending on where you live i guess but like not like when you think about the fgc it's like new york city and california no yeah exactly like the two most major places where it happens it just seems like one of those things where like i wonder if they're doing this because like they don't want um yeah i don't know like they don't want people to like have this be their livelihood or something like that. Like I, it does just seem so low. Yeah. I, and like, even in Alter David's thing, he says like, I wish this was better. Yeah. And like, yeah, it should be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just, it's just wild. When I saw this, I was just like, Oh, uh, this, it, like, that's the biggest thing. Like to have like, like some of this stuff, like, sure. If you want to own the rights to all the streams, so that way you can kind of like market whatever happens. Like I get that. Uh, but like the big thing is just like having these like, these caps on the amount of money people can make just seems really backwards. Yeah. And like, that's yearly. Like he also talks about the blizzard ones and the riot ones and like riots prize pool. They, the community events have to be 10,000 per event, but that's like per event, not year. You know what I mean? And like uh, riot also has the LCS, which is like a millions of dollar prize pool. Like, it's not like they're like, they get salary like they don't have a fucking like sponsorship cap and shit actually they might i don't know because that's more like a real sport but the cap would probably be wicked high uh also yeah i don't know that just seems so weird also the other big thing is like you have to pay like a licensing fee yeah and and, like it doesn't really spell how much that is but like it can make it so like people can't even afford like the money you're paying it basically pays for like it like the money you pay for the fee is about the same you would make for like running the street fighter pools. So yeah, that's crazy talk. I don't know, man. Yeah. Like I, I, in our sheet, I just kind of put like, what is Japan doing between Nintendo and Capcom? Like it's just a weird week for, for like the FGC and just, that is, that is a really, that's a really weird one. Um, I don't even know how to react to that. It's just so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, 
Uh, but in other news, uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet were announced. Yeah, so like, uh, as I said, Pokemon was having a thing on Sunday, uh, and I totally forgot this was happening, and I got multiple messages that said, do you? Uh, uh, they're the equivalent of that, uh, uh, and I said, what's happening? And I was like, ooh, Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet. So they look like they were in development uh, parallel to Arceus. They have a lot of, in the trailer at least, there's no like true gameplay elements. It's more just like looking over the... Uh, like world a little bit right. and like showing some things like it, it, it looks like Arceus basically um, in terms of like the way the like zones work, the way the Pokemon work. It's not clear if you still catch Pokemon in the same way or even what the battles are like, it'll but be, I will say it'll be like traditional Pokemon. Yeah, it will be. Uh, and I will say that the graphics are a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily clear, but like things are just way more textured. Like if you look at the, texture on magnemite like it is actually a metallic texture and then you compare that with arceus and arceus is so much worse looking um and there were a couple pokemon like lucario actually has like fur texture that like makes him look furry whereas in arceus my man is smooth uh so like it looks a lot better um it is based on spain um so that's pretty neat and they did also reveal the three starters the grass one is a cat which people really like the water one is a duck and the fire one is a little alligator man who i love so much um yeah yeah and they're coming out this year at the end of this year which it uh makes sense but well it's just wild i was i was uh i don't know if you caught uh grub snacks at all this week no, I did not this week. But Jeff Jeff brought up a really good point. Like, if you look at uh, Pokemon BDSM mm-hmm. and then Pokemon Arceus and then this, I mean, that's three major Pokemon games released within one calendar year, basically. No, it is crazy. And, like, even if you take into account that um, ILM made uh, BDSM, like, that's still fucking crazy like you're telling me a a team at game freak basically like made an entirely new pokemon game with like new mechanics and then also there was simultaneously development of the next generation of pokemon game alongside that like okay that's cool i mean i i will take it like i'll play a new pokemon game i it you know if they do take a lot of the things from arceus i i will enjoy that like if they take the things that were cool about Arceus and then fit that into the mainline Pokemon mold. I, that's what I want. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so, so that's cool. I think those three starters are very neat. Um, I can't wait to see more Pokemon from this region. And obviously they'll keep with, with the regional variants. Cause they've been doing that. Um, when will it all get leaked? August? Uh, tomorrow. I, I, yeah, I, probably August. Yeah, just the whole the whole game is out there in the wild. I don't we'll know the entire Pokedex by August is my prediction. Like the amount, like everything leaked so early for Arceus. <laughs> like people just had like fucking full dumps of uh, the cartridge and were able to like, this is every Pokemon. And like this is, and I was just like, what the fuck? It's crazy how Pokemon games like people are rabid for it. Um. Well, and they just like they've never locked it down. Do you think they even try? They're so bad at it. I think they do try. I think they just fail because then they like DMCA everybody on Earth who's like putting that stuff out there. So they like try to erase it, but you're never going to. So it's just one of those things where it's like you guys 
you gotta get make people sign NDAs and actually hold them accountable or some shit because like it's not working. Well, the one time it was like they just released the demo and the demo that everything that was the fucking craziest one. Just like we had, there's a secret folder in the demo that's just like, oh hey, it's the whole game, and you're like, what the fuck? Like you didn't even. Oh. And then they they did was the so the, uh. I can't. I think it was X and Y. Oh no, it was it was um, Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. Omega Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire did it as well. No, but there was one of the. It must have been Sun and no, it was Sun and Moon's demo. Okay, because then Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire they tried to hide it, but it still was not successful, and they were able to get at least all of the Mega forms out of it or something. Just they. <laughs> so yeah, they do a fucking bad job, and like Arceus wasn't even like, "Hey, someone leaked this." It was just like someone dumped the entire game, mm-hmm. and it is fully playable on Switch emulators now. And I was like, "Jesus, man, what the fuck?" Um, but yeah, I I look forward to those. I think those three starter Pokemon are cool. I think the region looks cool. Uh, it gives me great hope that you know they are trying to incorporate newer interesting elements from arceus into this game uh that's cool i I hope it does well and who am i kidding it will because arceus sold like cray cray yeah it was like the second fastest selling nintendo game behind uh, animal crossing so yeah it was crazy um, and the rest of the whole Pokemon thing was like 15, 16 minutes. Uh, it didn't really have a lot in it. The only other thing that I put on here was Arceus got an update that day called Daybreak, and it adds a little bit more story. So outbreaks happen in that game, and they a bunch of the same Pokemon gather in one place, and it increases your shiny odds by a lot. Mm. And uh, generally makes it so that you can just like get the Pokemon with a certain nature, catch a lot of them for some of the Pokedex entries. Uh, it added way more of those on each map instead of just one on each map. Now there can be like four or five and there's like a weird little story associated with it. So if people were looking for more fun story content in Arceus, they can do that. Um, and then ironically, the day before the Pokemon Direct Digimon Con was going on. Apparently, the current Digimon show, Ghost Something, is like one of the best-received Digimon shows in a very long time. But the only reason I really care about that right now is because I've been wanting Digimon Survive to come out for a very long time. And I thought, this is finally the time they have to say Digimon Survive's release date or it's never coming out. They did not still but they insisted that it is still in active development. (laughs) And they like went through this whole thing about how like now they're on their second developer for this fucking game. And like, they're still really trying to make it and it's going to be so sick. And there was a new like three minute trailer. It's just like, bro, it's a visual novel with sprite based strategy combat. What is happening? What is happening with this game? There's, it's not like it's insane. Like there's fucking no exploration. It's just a visual novel and their battles are sprites on a grid. What is happening with this game? Apparently this year though, everybody get hype. Still don't believe it, but is that I, out- I like the way that game looks. It, I, I don't know. Is it out in Japan? 
No. So it's just not out anywhere. It's just not out anywhere. Okay. Is it coming to Japan first and then North America later? No, it'll come out worldwide on the same day, I assume. All the other Digimon games had been recently. And what I think really sucks is like the past several years, they had been making a Digimon game every year. And they were like really bringing the game brand back up because they were actually making quality products. Like once a year, they were like alternating teams. And so like one would be a traditional RPG. One would be like Digimon World. And, you know, they would be like different types of games. And they were like pretty good. And then they were like, oh, next year's is Digimon Survive. It's a grid based strategy game. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm in. And then it just fell into wild development hell. And so they haven't put out a Digimon game since then other than a phone game. Hmm. And I think that sucks for them. But like, I don't know, man. It just seems like a crazy development hell situation. I wonder what the issue is, if it's like balancing or something. I yeah, I don't know. But I mean, if it's on their different developer now. So like something happened. Hmm. Uh, this next one, oh, I love it so. I love it so much. Um, Star Wars Eclipse, uh-huh. everyone's favorite upcoming Quantic Dream game, is now potentially aiming for a 2027 2028 release. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is hilarious because the reason it is happening is because of hiring issues at Quantic Dream. Uh-huh. Who could have guessed that a toxic shit company would have trouble hiring new employees? Not me. Yeah. I never would have guessed it. Now, in fairness, is it a toxic company or is it just like the head guy is super toxic? It seems the head people are super toxic okay. and shitty. Okay. Uh, David so that's funny. Is like takes the cake with the shittiness. Is this what you're talking yes, about? Yes, I think that is what, okay. what it comes down to. Um, but just that that's not a real year. That's not a real year. If that is the case, then instead of you just need to dial it down you you just like if it's gonna take that long maybe you're too ambitious that's my thought process on that that is true but like the script of this game basically leaked online already Mm. like the the plot outlines for this game is like out there already i'm pretty sure yeah I, i do remember seeing that but like the five years six years from now like, what are you going to do, like, one thing a day? It was graphically very impressive. It was very graphically impressive, but, like, uh, I mean, Detroit, 2028? Detroit com- Become Human looked really good, so. It did, but, like, maybe 2028, Matt? Hear me out, Manny. They're aiming for the PS6 review. Really? That's like that's what I'm saying. Like 2028, like the PS5's life cycle, it's so far into this console's life cycle at that point. Uh, I mean, it's what like we're tw- it came out in 2020, so I mean 2028 is like eight years. Like we could legitimately be talking about the PS6. That's what I'm saying. Like it makes no sense. <laughs> like the Star Wars licensing people have to be pissed. Well, it wouldn't be that the just first seems time. fucking crazy. It would not be the first time. Yeah, they get fucked over all the time, I'm sure. But that's no, that's fucking crazy. I mean, how long did it take for EA to release any Star Wars stuff? Oh, yeah. And then when Battlefront was a total shit festival, they like, you know, it's just. But I also can't feel bad for them because they they either went to Quantic Dream or Quantic Dream asked and they approved it. Either way, it's their fault for working with 
No, it is. Yes. One, 100%. And I just think it's funny that like respawn will probably put out six to eight star Wars games in the time frame It takes quantic dream to make one. Also one last thing while we're talking about this, just yes. became become human came out in like 2017, which means it's going to take them like 10 years between releases. Holy fuck, dude. Well, hopefully the plot is as deeply nuanced as Detroit become human. I mean, like, because like, what did they, what have they been doing for the last like five years? Mm, Writing that story summary. I just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like I have no idea. Cause like Detroit become human didn't have any like DLC or anything. No. Yeah. Like it, I don't, I don't know. Dealing with lawsuits. Mm. Like, I I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That seems like a crazy thing. And this final one, uh, Epic acquired the website Bandcamp, which is buck ass wild to me because Bandcamp is one of the few music purchasing platforms that actually still really helps out and gives a good cut to artists. So whenever I can buy music off of Bandcamp, I do. Uh, Epic and Bandcamp both put out statements saying it's going to stay the same and it's going to be so great still. There's no way. There's no way. No way what? That it will stay the same. Well, like, they own uh, uh, the music studio. Harmonics, yeah. I mean, there has to be a link here, right? In theory, I mean, I think they're just trying to buy things to make money in case Fortnite ever blows up. Like, in case people, like, Fortnite doesn't keep making them the money they want. Like, that's why they're pumping so much money into the Epic Games Store with their free games and stuff. That's why they're doing this. That's why they're, like, really trying to diversify. But it's just like, man, I know that it's every time there is, like, a good thing, it always gets bought up by something else. It's just like, man, why you got to come for Bandcamp like this, man? I'm just saying like, hey, maybe like Harmonix will have access to a lot of good music and they can do some fun stuff now. Like it could work out for as good things. I I know I follow so many musical artists who were like, hey, so like I'm probably going to lose most of my revenue because of this. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, dude. So like people like independent artists, like really like rely on the cut Bandcamp gives them. Like I saw well, like Leon Chang saying like it, literally 80% of his yearly income comes from Bandcamp. But why are we assuming that they're going to like really stifle that? Cause like you look at, the- because that's what you don't, because you don't buy a website like that if you're not intending to make a profit. Yeah. But I mean, like look at the Epic game store and like, they give developers a way better cut than like any other platform. They do. I mean, we can hope that happens, but it just, this is not, that is not what happens in a corporate takeover like this. Usually. I, I know. I'm just saying like their other storefront, like compared to steam, they take like way less of a percentage. So they do, but that is because they have to do that. Well, I think, I, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I, I do think uh, what is oh, Sweeney, whatever his name is, Tim Sweeney. Tim Sweeney. Like, I, he's like very much against, like, you know, like the Apple store taking as large a percentage as they do. And that's one of the reasons why they started the, well, obviously to make money as well, but like they were like, hey, we want like these places to take less of a cut. So, yeah, but then that also turned into a whole weird thing with Google as well. So, like, right, right. That just, that's because they wanted to make more money from Fortnite. Mm. 
it's just one of those things where like, yeah, I just don't see this going in a good way because like they, they do that stuff with the Epic game store because their only competition that's real is steam and they have to have some way to differentiate themselves for developers to not just always go on steam and not give a shit about their store. Whereas like, that's not the case with music. Like Spotify is doing that for musicians. Pandora is doing that for musicians, the iTunes store, the Google play store. Like there are, title there are like dozens of other places they could go but Bandcamp is the one that usually is like run by people who don't want to fuck artists like literally every other place so it just seems like one of those things where i don't know i hope that it is great that is my take i hope that it is great for them but just like seeing what most artists are saying about this is not promising i probably i i don't know i i guess i'm just trying to stay positive and hope that like may hopefully Bandcamp was profitable enough as is and they just kind of leave it alone and let it kind of keep doing its thing yes i hope i hope that is the case um and yeah that's really all for the news i i just i saw that epic acquires Bandcamp, and i was like is this is this a meme and as i said even make they don't even make video games harmonics does no i know i'm just saying so like it's a weird it it might not all it might not be terrible it could be fine it could be so but anyway i played video games this week nice Mm -hmm. i played a video game this week i think you're really into it i am uh so you go all right uh i finished up uh infamous 2 Nice. How did you feel about the end? Uh, that final boss was the easiest final boss in any video game I've ever played. It was. How did you? Well, see, I don't. We're going to spoil Infamous 2 here. Right. Okay. Right. I'm going to say that for the people. How did you feel about the ending where you like have to swap people? What do you mean? Like the evil, uh, the evil character, the entire game all of a sudden is good. And then the good character, the entire game is now evil. <laughs> Yeah, it was the plot twist of the century, man. It just like it doesn't make any sense. It just was like, what the fuck? Yeah, it seemed like they were trying to get a, like another really good plot twist, but like, like the yeah, they part. just could not do it. I just like I just remember getting to that point and being like, what? Yeah, absolutely not. Do not do this. I just I who cares? Like really? Like, I I, I, I guess it was just a very weird like was. plot twist thing at the end. Yeah, I was not invested in the story. That's not why I was playing that game anyway. So yeah, and then also at the end they like I I don't whatever ending is true is the one where they like everybody loses their powers. So you choose to take them or whatever. Right, and then you kill yourself. Right. Yeah, I believe so. Because then like not as many people are superhuman and second son it's like very rare again or something right so um yeah uh no i mean i did enjoy playing through the game um but as i said like that final boss like because i had the i don't know if you how much you remember of the game but like i had like the cluster grenades which were just like oh yeah yeah, yeah. grenades that just kind of like it just like just kind of a bunch of them form and go out so i just kind of chucked those for like five seconds at the final boss and like i beat it <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that feels uh uneventful. Uh <laughs> but then I kind of went back into the world and I finally kind of interacted with like the user generated content because like that seemed Oh, I did not at all. Well, I wanted the trophies. Yeah. Cause like it was just like do 25 of them and you get like trophies. You get like four trophies for doing that. 
Uh, so I just kind of did all of that, which I just kind of found one that it was like, just keep launching this, wait five seconds, and then it's completed, and just keep doing this over and over again until it's done. <laughs> and I got I got the trophy easy enough for that. So. Excellent. Uh, but I did enjoy the combat and just kind of like running around the world. I do think it's a better like playing game than the first one. Mm. But I, it's one of those things where I just I did like the first one more than the second one. Yeah, which I, I know we've discussed that before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm all done with Infamous. I did stick it back in my pile because uh, I do want to play it again on the and do like the evil person route. So I gotcha. Uh, and then I had a moment where I was like, "Shit, Gran Turismo's coming out, and it's good. Do I want to spend money right now?" Or what if I just played Forza Horizon because I bought that already. So I stuck Forza Horizon in. This is the very first one that came out in 2012. Mm. And Manny, it's really good. No way. Yeah. Uh, with, I know like you're being a little sarcastic, but like I, <laughs> I, I'm just surprised at like how well it's aged considering like it. I, I was thinking it was one of those things where like having played five, I didn't know how it was going. Like, I just kind of figured the franchise was very iterative. Mm-hmm. Like, even the first one, you're like, oh, the driving feels really good. Yeah. Graphically, it doesn't look as impressive, obviously. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have nearly as many game mechanics, but just, like, the core game mechanic of driving, still really good. Yeah. So, uh, the big the big differences is you really can't go into, like, open spaces. Uh, the guardrails are they just kind of stop you. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. You're kind of like just more just kind of con- like kept to the road itself. Um, and then there's no like, um, you know how like you're driving in a car and then you're doing the tricks and then like it, it like levels up and then you're getting like skill points that you can put into the cars. Yeah. That mechanic is there, but it's just like you're at a popularity 250, And every time you like, I, complete a skill you're you're then like popularity 249 and then 248 247 and your goal is to get to popularity one. Oh, okay and that's how you kind of get down to one is just like doing like drifts and stuff um uh and then the other big thing is there's really no like rpg element where you're like leveling up and getting like the wheel spins mm. uh instead like it, the game starts out and you're at like the brown tier or whatever tier is at the beginning then there are like five races you have to win those and then you unlock the next tier and then you have to do all of those races and you just kind of like keep moving up and up and then uh so now i'm just in the final tier which is the the gold tier okay and then i'll have finished the game and but i'll still have like a ton of races to kind of go through and like more cars to unlock and stuff so uh i i am enjoying my time with it um I do definitely want to pick up Gran Turismo at some point because it seems like that game has reviewed very well. Yes. Uh, but I, I kind of figured, I was like, you know, that seems like a game. It might be better in a couple months, especially on like the PS4. Possibly. Uh, just from like patches and stuff. 
Because I saw like the load time, it was like 45 seconds or something like that. Oh, I mean, that makes sense, though. That game looks incredible. And also the PS5 has an NVMe drive. Yes, the PS5 is like 1.5 seconds and the PS4 is like 42 seconds. And you're like, Jesus Christ. Where like I, I have a feeling in a couple months, like they may like fix the load time a little bit. I said this a long time ago ssds are the future of video games mm-hmm. people are trying to tell me i don't think so I'm like well enjoy your 40 second load times who's saying i don't think so no no I, not I, people online were saying that oh well they just didn't know what an ssd was i'm guessing i guess yeah i don't know i just it's one of those things where it's like yes man when games have to load that much on older hardware like it's gonna take a long time right like i just think about the fucking load times in bloodborne Mm-hmm. And they they were so bad even back then, and then they had they did, did patched them and they like barely got shorter. But at least it was not just the word bloodborne on the screen for like a minute. They like actually added tooltips. Yeah, but I was thinking like specifically a racing game. Like you're loading into a new track every like five to ten minutes. Oh yeah, exactly. So you're like, ooh, this is going to be potentially pretty rough. Mm-hmm. so uh I, i'm hoping that it might get a little better uh and i'll just pick it up in a couple months um hopefully and then lastly i've been making my way through horizon uh horizon forbidden west mm-hmm. uh i have a problem oh my god yeah i'm like 25 30 hours into the game and i've like accomplished nothing that that can't be true. I I feel like I just done nothing. <laughs> that can't be true. If you have like played and like done the open world stuff, you have to have like unlocked upgrades or like done oh, something. I, I'm getting. Uh, I'm saying like in the main story quest. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that I expect. <laughs> I mean like this is something. But at the same time, like I'm seeing people online just being like. Well, I waited five years and now I'm done where I'm just like, I am just going to wring every little tiny piece of content out of this game and (laughs) having a great time doing so. Uh, But yeah, I'm just kind of running around and just kind of like just slowly checking stuff off uh, the checklist. So and I'm enjoying it. And, you know, I I am going to be way over leveled for when I finally get back to the, the main story quests, which I'm okay with because like the enemies are a little bit see like i don't know if the enemies are more bullet spongy or Mm. if it's a case of i just kind of got used to a new game plus runs maybe uh where like obviously i was like max level and i had like the highest equipment and like i had like the best like the best gear and everything kind of like attached to it so like i could wipe out enemies very quickly and easily uh where now i don't have that obviously right now so I, I don't know if it's the fact that like enemies are more bullet spongy or if I'm just, you know, more used to just being at max level. So, but either way, I'm having a great time. I don't have a lot to add other than like I have a problem. And I'm going to be talking about this game for probably another month at the pace I'm going. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, the only game. Oh, yep. Go ahead. The only game I played is Elden Ring yes. and I am like 22 hours in now. And this is the largest game ever created by humans. Uh, I had what I thought was the whole map Mm -hmm. and it was pretty big. And then I beat a boss and then 
the map over doubled in size. And I said, excuse me. (laughs) And I'm 22 hours in. People are saying it takes about like, I don't know, 60 to a hundred. And I'm just like, what are you, what are you talking about? How is that possible? And like, there's just, there's shit everywhere. You're like, there's a cave here. And then there's a secret underground area. By the way, there's an underground of the whole huge map. And you're like, what are you talking about? It just is so gigantic. And there is shit everywhere. Um, And it's very fun. I don't necessarily know that I like love it in the way that a lot of people are loving it. Like it just is. It feels like Dark Souls. Like, I I don't know what to say about that. Like, it just it feels like Dark Souls, but it's open world. And the reason I say that is because like Dark Souls 2 almost got canceled originally because like they were having such a hard time with it. Like they wanted it to be this huge open area with all this stuff and be like a super long sprawling game. And Elden Ring is them realizing what they wanted to do with Dark Souls 2 before they had to like completely retool it in a lot of ways. Um, so good for them because they are finally able to like fulfill what they were trying to shoot for with Dark Souls 2. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It just is like there's so much content and I love playing it. It's just one of those things where never before have I opened up a game's map and just been so overwhelmed immediately. Like, <laughs> you got to be fucking me, dude. That's so huge. There's already so much content. Even more than um, like Breath of the Wild. Yeah, it's huge. It's fucking crazy. Okay. Um, And it's like, it's one of those things where it's like every cave has like some type of weird boss in it or like some kind of weapon to find or whatever. And everything is mostly unique. There are like some like kind of like bosses that are look very similar. So they're almost like palette swaps. And I bet like eventually you end up seeing the same thing a bunch of times but even then there's still so much unique content that it's crazy and it's just like i don't know i always stumble upon something and i'm like what the fuck is this like what is going on what is this cat spitting fire at me what is this elevator that takes five minutes for me to get to the bottom of and i'm in a whole what seems like a whole different fucking planet like what is what is going on um and i like that the thing that I think is kind of interesting about this game is Sekiro was very like you have to learn these mechanics. This is the game we made fucking learn the mechanics fucking lose. This is going back to more of the souls format where it's like whatever you got to do to win, man, whatever it takes summon people fucking summon spirits to help you grind cheese a boss whatever you have to do to get through that it is that's what you should do and i like that design decision from like a you know in an open world i think that extra makes sense right because it's like you can go anywhere you can do any of this stuff uh i do think it can get a bit overwhelming and it's one of those things where like this game sold a fuck load like it was like the number one debut game in japan and it sold so many copies for japan it was the number one debut in the uk and like beat out like so many games it sold more than cyberpunk in the uk and like a bunch of other things wow um and i i think a lot of that is because of george R. R. martin's name being on it oh maybe so you see a lot of people who are on twitter and stuff just being like 
I don't like this game. I have to return it. And it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, like if you didn't know what you were getting into, I get that. And it, it brought up the same argument that happens every fucking time a souls game comes out where it's like, this needs an easy mode. And it's very clear that that's never going to happen because every time someone interviews Miyazaki, he gives the very concise reason of this game is designed so that it is the same for everyone. It is the shared struggle. And so like, if you beat that boss and I beat that boss, we struggled against the exact same thing and you come out on the other side and that's supposed to bring you together or whatever. That's their design philosophy. I, I am not going to get into the argument of whether or not there should be an easy mode. I don't care is the moral of the story. Like it, if someone is playing it on easy mode, it doesn't cheapen my win. I would still be just as fine but I get it from Miyazaki's design perspective, whatever we should stop having this fucking argument every time a Souls game comes out. Um, but I do, I do like it and it is very hard. I think it is easier than uh, the previous Souls games because like at least then when you can't beat a boss and you go to grind, there's usually only like one other area you can go to here. There's so much you can do and so much you can get that you could like come back to something like 20 hours later, and just demolish it. And that's fine. Uh, and I think that's a good way to design an open world game like this. Uh, but it does end up being like a lot easier, I think, as a as a result of that. And that's not to say it's not still punishing as fuck and like is very difficult. It's just I think it's easier than previous Souls games have been in that regard. Do you think this is a case of now they can't go back? Every so game I is going to have to be this huge sprawling open world game, kind of like what I feel like has happened to the Assassin's Creed games, where they they can't go back to like Assassin's Creed Two now, like where it's just like here's a city. Yeah, it's interesting, and I I've seen people saying that, and I don't I don't know. I don't want that, I want but I, I don't know. Because like now, like fans are going to be expecting like this one hundred plus hour epic experience, where like you know, like a more like a forty hour, more linear game. Like I don't know if that's what the fan base is going to want anymore. Yeah, it's just weird because like I, I do think this game is very good, and I do like it. It's just one of those things where it's going to be very long. Right. And like, depending on how the rest of it goes, like it could be a very daunting task and like, maybe I'll get burnout by the end. Right. Like maybe it's just like too large. Maybe there's too much of it. I don't know. I'm not saying I feel like I'm burning out or I'm just saying that is a very real possibility. I think for a lot of people, um, whereas like dark souls, usually like if you get pretty good at it, you can beat those games in like 10, 15 hours. Right. If you're really good at it. And like for an average run of a player, usually it would take like, 30 to 40 which is right? why i said 40 because i figured like I, yeah yeah especially like the first time you're like having to learn like the the, the patterns and everything mm -hmm. and like usually there's a way to like master those games or like do really specific things in those games and that like isn't gonna be here for this in a weird way and it's just one of those things where it's like i guess i am not like the typical souls fan because like i didn't like bloodborne very much so i guess i don't know where like a regular like true Soulsborne fan would land on that spectrum. I, yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, like I would guess if it was if I was to think about it, I, I would assume that they would want the original format to, for it to be like kind of smaller and more contained. 
but it, I, I guess it really depends, right? Because not a lot of people have had enough time since last week to like, you know, like devour this game in the way that most other souls games get devoured because it's so huge. So I, I don't know if it is one of those things where like, yeah, it just, it's so large and it's more like designed by quantity than quality. Like, I don't know if it reaches that point. Right. So it's weird. And like, I, I don't have much more to say about it. Like outside of that and what I said last week, like it is still very much just like, this is a souls game. And if you did not like souls games before, there is no, like it's not going to change your mind. The fact that it's open world, I've seen people saying it's changed their mind, but like, I don't know, man. Like it's still the same type of combat. It still has the same stat system. They just call souls runes. So it's very interesting. And I am very much enjoying my time with it. Like I get really sucked in and I'm like really invested in the world and want to see how it plays out. Um, but then it's scary for me, right? Because like I have been more busy lately and probably will be in the future going forward. So it's like in 10 days, Tunic comes out. Uh, Final Fantasy Strangers in Paradise comes out. Uh, Anno Mutatium comes out. And then the week after that, Kirby comes out. Yeah, but I have really good news, Manny. What? Look at the release schedule for April. No, I know there's like nothing in there, but I, I'm just saying like those games, I could probably beat all four of those games and still reach like only half of what this game is going to take me. Uh, but like, seriously, yeah. April's release day, I not, not to, to harp on this too much. It is this, like the least amount of games I've like, I think we've seen in April and probably the last like 10 years interesting i i don't know if you've really kind of looked at what there is it's just like primarily a bunch of ports to the switch interesting i'll have to look at it but yeah like i i don't know and it's one of those things where it's like uh, this year i really want to try to like beat games and like complete them and not like really try to like move on to other things but i dude i've wanted to play tunic forever dude i like i i'm that kirby game looks pretty cool and so it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I hope I can beat all these because like I'll feel bad otherwise. Yeah, here, I'll read it to you because it's that short. Okay. Lego Star Wars. Okay, that's new. Mm-hmm. MLB The Show. That's new. And then you have Chrono Cross. The That's, I don't know if you want a remake or whatever. Yeah. And then you have the House of Dead remake. Advanced Wars. <laughs> that's a remake or whatever. Mm-hmm. 13 Sentinels is going to the Switch. Star Wars, oh, yeah, Star Wars: The Force Unleashed is going to the Switch. Jesus, Zombie Army Four is going to the Switch, and Nintendo Switch Sports is, and that's it. That's the that's April. And they didn't change the name to Switch Sports, so I don't have to get it. So, I, it just seems like that is the barest April we've had in a very long time. No, yeah, that definitely does seem that way. That's crazy. But the good, as I said, the good news is. Uh, we have quite a bit in uh, March. I don't know why April is so dead other than it's like the beginning of the new quarter. But like even then, it just seems really quiet. And like, it's not like, oh, more is going to get announced. I mean, that's a month away now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. It's just weird. And then yeah, May's not. Weird. And then May's looking just as dead. So. Mm-hmm. But no, like I, I do like Elden Ring and I'm excited to play more of it. It's just one of those things where it's like, oh, this is so huge. Like, what the fuck? Do you think you'll take a break and play like Tunic or are you afraid if you take a break, it'll be impossible to go back to? 
No, I would probably take a break and play Tunic because I think Tunic is going to be one of those games that like speak to you. Yeah, it speaks to me, but also it's not going to be overly long. Sure. Yeah, I expect like it, it'll probably be like 10, 10 15 hours. Probably. I, I kind of expect five to 10. Yeah, I'll probably 100 percent it. Yeah. So I feel yeah pretty confident about that. Um, And then like, yeah, Anno Mutation looks pretty cool, but that's also coming to Game Pass, I believe. So mm-hmm. uh, and then Final Fantasy Strangers in Paradise. I got to I got to play that to find out, man. I got to know. What about the yeah? Dude, the game's gonna be fucking crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, I still can't believe they let Nomura direct games and do what he wants in them. What do you mean? He's a, a genius. I just that scene where the dude plays what sounds like a fucking Limp Bizkit song on his phone and says bullshit and then walks away from the villain is like what. uh so yeah that is uh that is elden ring uh, that is pretty much all i played outside of doing my daily quest in genshin impact uh so yeah i'm i'm gonna be playing this forever apparently oh well hey money's worth yeah no definitely i already feel like i got my money's worth so that is cool and with that we will move into part three which is a big old frosty talk about a game um and I'll I'll pull it out here. What do we got? Ah. Okay. What is it? Mario Kart 8. All right. We've definitely not talked about Mario Kart. I've... Never before. I played this game this week. I was going to say, like, we've talked about this game a lot recently because you just bought it, oddly enough. Yeah. So anyways, we we I'll continue. I love Mario Kart 8. Hey. I played it this week online and I had never played Mario Kart 8 online before. I will say this. Even on the Wii U? Even on the Wii U, I did not. Oh. Um, I, I was invited to a quote unquote Mario Kart party. And I do. You, do you remember that famous uh, E3 bombcast with the Mario Kart party? No. Oh, it's one of the funniest giant bomb things I've ever seen in my life. Okay. So the way it was when I don't remember what Mario Kart it was, but there was a Nintendo thing where like they showed like a stock photo of a lady or like a family who was really excited. And then like a lady who was like, hell no, I'm really upset. And they did this whole bit about like, are you coming to my Mario Kart party? <laughs> it's so fucking funny. And it's mostly Vinny. It's very good. Um, so Calvin, I've, I watched that at Calvin's house, so he always asks me if I'm coming to his his Mario Kart party. Okay, and I actually did this time. Um, him and one of his old roommates, we we played online. Uh, it was pretty funny because Calvin was beating his old roommate Brennan pretty handily, and then I came in and was stealing the crown. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked that a lot. But it just reinforces like I Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and Mario Kart 8 just in general I is the best Mario Kart game probably. Like I really like Mario Kart Wii, but this game is like ridiculous. Um, it looks incredible still. It is one of those things where whenever a game that looks like shit comes out on the Switch, I just think like how like Nintendo has, they have the art chops to make it look like this. I mean, it looked good on the Wii U's. I know, like it looked incredible on the Wii U and it still looks incredible. And it's one of those things where it's like, yes, art style matters 100%. Mm-hmm. You can make this shit look incredible if you do the art right. Yes. Um, And that really shows here 
because it just looks fucking incredible. And like when things are glowing neon and stuff and there's like uh, rain effects and things like that, like it just, it, it really shines. Um, and it's one of those things that I think is really cool. But Mario Kart eight is also the first Mario Kart game that got DLC. And that's where the deluxe portion of this comes in. Also, they added some mechanics and stuff that I, I talked about a couple weeks ago, but also um, I think they added the Splatoon inklings. I think you can play as in this one as well. Uh, but those those new tracks that they added for that DLC are like some of the best tracks in Mario Kart ever. I think like the two F Zero tracks, the Excite Bite track, the Hyrule track. There's an Animal Crossing track. Uh, one of my personal favorites is like there's like a um, Chinese Dragon Roadway track that I really like. But they're all they're all very cool and very unique. And I think all of the new stages in Mario Kart Eight that they added are very unique and memorable. Whereas like they're not necessarily as memorable from like the super Nintendo and N64 because they like, I don't know. They're just a lot simpler designs. Right. Right. So, I mean, they still have some of the ones from SNES and like Wario stadium from N64 always comes back and things like that. Uh, Actually, a lot of the 3ds tracks uh, from Mario Kart seven are really cool too, like TikTok clock and shit like that. But I don't know, man. I, Mario Kart fucking rules. I can talk about Mario Kart all day. It's just like it's the kart racing game, man. Yeah, it's the one. Yeah, I mean, it's the one everyone knows. Like even people yeah. who don't really play video games. Are like I've played Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows at least like and has like touched a controller and played Mario Kart in their lives. It feels like at least pretty much everyone under forty. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where, like, I just I enjoy playing it and I like the way the carts handle. I like the way drifting works, Uh, like with this, you're drifting and then you get three levels of spark or four and uh, deluxe and you really boost out of that. This game kept the trick mechanic from uh, Mario Kart Wii. So if you push R, uh then you do a trick and it gives you a boost off of that. I think that's a cool way to do it uh, to get extra speed it, for the first time since the super Nintendo game, collecting coins actually makes you go faster. So you max out on 10 coins and that's the fastest speed you could be going. Um, and I just like that. Like it, this game Mario Kart rewards skill in a way that I think is really interesting because I feel like a lot of people think about Mario Kart as in a similar vein to mario party where it's just like total bullshit um because like of the way blue shells work and stuff like that and don't get me wrong you can get fucked over like no questions asked but in this game you can get the like speaker thing that makes it so you can ward off the blue shell if you hold bananas or shells behind you you can like get out of things hitting you that way um yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I think Mario Kart is just one of those things where, like, a lot of people just have experience with it. You know, like they, they really, they really get in there and do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, when you first got the Mario Kart Eight on the Wii U, I mean, we played that for like a couple months. It seemed like, right? Oh yeah, and I like, I, I don't know. I just have a lot of fond memories of this game in general. And then, like, when they did the DLC, it was like mind blowing to me. I was like, holy fuck, dude that is just uh crazy now when did we or not when did we when is the new content dropping that's this month right 
Uh, yes. On the 16th, the first eight courses come out. <laughs> no, more stuff. And that, that's, that's the other part of it that I think is really funny is like, they just were like, Hey, how about 48 new tracks? And I still like, I think about seeing that and just being like, that's not real. Is it like, they're going to put out 48 new tracks. Like that's doubling the game. Literally. Right. I think. And I was just like that. What the fuck? That's buck wild. Now, do you think you will just like hop online ever and just play random people? Or do you think that'll get boring? If No, I don't. I never really like doing that. I did that in Mario Kart Wii sometimes. So uh, and like you get ranks and stuff. So like people will know you're better. But that never really appealed to me very much. I did that in eight for a little bit on the Wii U. Mm. Never lost. And I just didn't know if like everyone was that much worse or it's like somehow like doing weird scaling things where like i like if a lot of people are finishing first i didn't fully understand how the online was working like the online rank stuff because as i said like i was winning every single race but then when i was racing like you and nukio i was like always like somehow like in the middle and i couldn't get out hmm. so like i don't interesting but it is like i found eight to be a lot harder than the others where like if you get stuck in the middle it is really hard to get back to the front it is also, and I don't even notice it anymore because now I'm just so used to drifting in this game. But like your turning is garbage in this game. If you're not drifting, like yeah. you just, you can barely turn. And I don't notice that anymore because always be drifting. Sure. Um, but like, yeah, if you aren't doing that or like you aren't used to it and you've just started playing, like it's brutal in that way. Like it, it is a lot harder than other Mario Karts in that respect for sure. I think. Because, like, it just seems like all the AI is just, like, fucking you over with, like, all mm-hmm. the items and the, the the green shells and the red shells and the bombs and just, uh, yes. There's, like, it, it just seems like if you can get in the front, you can stay there and you're not getting mm-hmm. fucked over. But, like, when you're in the pack, you are just, like, it's very hard to, to get. Yeah, it, it's rough. But, I mean, like, outside of that, I... I do like other kart racers. Like I think the reboot of crash team racing did a very good job, but that's like fucking hard. That game is like brutally hard, uh, in a way that is like, what happened here? What the fuck are you guys masochists? Like this is a fucking kart racing game. Right. Uh, and then like, I, not the new Sonic racing game, which I have not played yet, but is free this month on PlayStation plus. Uh, but like, Sonic and Sega Racing All-Stars and then Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing Transformed I think are incredible games. I fucking love those two games so much. Uh so much so that I on a certain day I might say that they're better than Mario Kart. Wow. Um but they're just they're just very cool. Like the first one is just a good kart racer, the second one gets closer to Diddy Kong Racing because you also can fly. Uh, and I think there are boats as well. Um, but the, the flying kind of sucks ass as it does kind of in Diddy Kong Racing. Um, but like th- those games are very good. But outside of like those three like mascot kart racers, I never really care for kart racers very much. Um, and I think it's just because one of those things where it's like Mario Kart does it so well that it's hard to go to something else and just if it doesn't feel as good you're like why Uh, yeah it's one of those things where like why exactly why like why would i play this when i can just play the best 
Yeah, like why would I play Garfield Kart when I could play Mario Kart? Well, Garfield know? Kart would just be like a funny joke for an hour. Like, no, I know, but then like, and then I think about like we played Eminem Kart Racing. That game was a garbage festival. If that was like actively terrible. I guarantee. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Garfield is not at that bad. Like I bet they, they made two of them, so it can't be that bad. I like. I'm sure you can hold a button and steer, and that's already better than Eminem Kart Racing. So. Oh, yeah. And like, I'm sure that the um, Final Fantasy Chocobo GP racing game that's coming out uh, in like a week or two for the Switch, that's probably fairly competent and fun. I'm sure that that free to play Disney kart racing game that's coming out soon is fairly competent and fun. It's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, if I'm going to like play a racing game, like a kart racing game, I'm just going to play Mario Kart most of the time, especially because like like you said earlier, people who don't even necessarily know about or play a lot of video games have almost certainly played Mario Kart before. Right. It's just so yeah, but the fact that they're coming out with 48 new tracks over the course of the next year is fucking buck ass wild. And the fact that if you just have the Nintendo online, it's all I don't want to say free, but it's all packed packaged yeah. in. That's also wild. So yeah. It's crazy. Cray cray. And now wait, uh, one thing you've yeah. never said is Who's your main? My main is Princess Peach. Mm, mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Who do you who do you like to use? Uh, Baby Luigi. Baby Luigi. Nice. Now it depends if it's the N sixty four, which is the best one. <laughs> I said that because I know it. Just like I know, it's, <laughs> I can't take it. <laughs> uh, it's Toad. I almost sent you a video the other day of one of the shortcuts in that game. It was literally he. <laughs> They just turn left right at the starting line and repeatedly boost into a wall until the track is over. Mm. It took like four seconds. Skill. I mean, it is. I'm sure that actually does take yeah. quite a bit of skill, but I was just like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah, it depends. Like those other, those older games, the um, weight mattered a lot more, I feel like. Especially in the Super Nintendo game. Like if you weren't playing a heavy character, fucking don't even bother. Hmm. Bowser and Donkey Kong were fucking busted as shit in that game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then like the N64 one was the same, but to a slightly lesser extent. And then uh, as they went on, it didn't matter as much because like they started, you were able to pick your carts and like can tweak the stats enough for each character that it doesn't necessarily matter. The top speeds and stuff are still slightly different, but I just, I never feel like it actually makes as much of a difference anymore. Yeah. I, I still like having a little bit more control, which you get with the smaller characters. I know you don't get yeah. top speeds, but you just get a little more control in it. Yeah. Like that's why I, now I don't like using the heavy characters as much anymore. Um, but that's why I use Peach and she's a mid sized character. Right. So in the Wii one I did use Rosalina and I don't remember if she counted as a large in that one or if she still counted as a medium. Because she's a lot taller than a lot of the other characters. Yeah. So she big. She might be considered a large female. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, but I mean, that's, that's all I got. I could talk about Mario Kart, but you know, I don't want to bore the people with my Mario Kart ramblings. Well, it's, I guess. it's hard. Cause like, we literally just talked about this. We literally just talked about it. Yeah. So like, yeah, that's, I don't know, man. I like Mario Kart, Mario Kart eight deluxe rules. Mm-hmm. I'm going to continue to play it. Look forward to March 16th, <laughs> which you're not going to play it. Uh, no, I might. I played it this week. No, when Tunic is out, you're going to play Mario Kart? Yeah, because if Kelvin asked me to play Mario Kart, I'll oh, play Mario Kart. Okay. 
yeah. So with that, that's the podcast. Uh, as always, the theme song is Sting Operation by the band Anamanaguchi. Excellent chiptune band. You should check them out. And we will be back next week where you can assuredly hear more talk about Horizon Forbidden West and Elden Ring. <laughs> Peace out.